It's the biggest night of the year for video games. Welcome to the second annual Odie Awards. This is Ode to Games. I'm Logan Plant, joined by Zach Rost. Hi, Zach. How's it going? It's going great. Very excited to uh, wrap up 2021, awarding the best games of the year with you and with Kevin Valine. Hello, Kevin. I've been waiting for this all year. All year, since the last one. The whole yeah. We spend six months out of the year planning this show. A lot, hundreds of people work on it. Now, it's just us three, but we, we are, uh, we're ramping it up a little this year. We got a trophy, as discussed on previous episodes <laughs> of Odie Games. This is Odie. Uh, the from the Bible Mutant Collector's <laughs> Edition, a game that came out this year that none of us played, and yet we have talked about on numerous occasions. <laughs> yeah, for whatever uh, reason. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to spray paint it gold. It's been really snowy and icy here the last week, so I didn't I didn't have time to drive over to the store to pick up some spray paint. But he's still here. Maybe that'll be how we ramp up the production next yeah. year. Is is we'll yeah, we gotta, we gotta keep it a little down this year so that we yep. can improve next year. <laughs> to leave some room uh, for, for this show to grow over time but we've got a fantastic awards show for you this evening we're going to get it started with our favorite games that actually didn't come out in 2021 then we'll move on to the biggest surprises and disappointments of the year i bet you can guess the biggest disappointment of 2021 uh stay tuned for that then we'll move into our top five games of the last 12 months and we'll end it with our big showcase Odie Game of the Year Awards, and we've got five big categories to wrap up the show with. For those of you here for the hottest new segment on the show, Rumor Roundup, uh, Sonic Frontiers Edition, that'll be come back in the new year. We're taking a week off for that. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to show something off real quick Ooh. that my sister made me as a Christmas gift. I sent you guys both a picture of this, but this is an I.I. plush from Monkey Ball that she knitted herself. Look at that. Look at his little tail. That's exactly what he looks like in the games when he's running around. So Where's his ball? He's he's not in a ball. He's he's, he's out. He's free. Uh, he's <laughs> he here escaped. to watch the Odies tonight. Uh, he may be mentioned live in audience. the Odies. Yeah, he may be a little disgusted with how he's mentioned, but but we'll we'll save that for a little later. Let's get it kicked off with O2, our favorite games this year that didn't come out this year. We've each got three games written down here. Uh, Kevin, why don't you run us through your list? Yeah, so starting it off with Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Uh, this is a game that came out a decade ago on the Wii and then a little bit more recently on the Switch, but didn't come out this year. I believe that was 2020 that that came out. Yeah. Um, but Xenoblade Chronicles is a fantastic game. I think that it really helped that it escaped the Wii because as as great as that game was on the Wii, it just didn't look very good. So to get it cleaned up on Switch with all of the added content with the future connected uh, storyline to kind of wrap up the story. Uh, it was great to see it come back and, and reach a new uh, new amount of people after some people played Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and were able to go back and experience uh, the definitive edition of the first game. My second is Spirit Fair. Love that game. And I'm very excited to go back and play the DLC. Uh, the last bit of DLC just dropped, so I'll be playing that in the early parts of 2022 and get final thoughts on the entire game itself. But um, really moving story. Love the characters. Um, just love the the building of the ship and and resource management. The game itself was fun, and uh, the stories were very memorable with the different characters that you have to send to the afterlife. And then last, I've got Thirteen Sentinels, another story driven game. Uh, a little hard to wrap your head around sometimes, but it was one of the most interesting experience I had experiences that I had playing a game this year and it really is like no other hopping between all of these different characters and seeing the story play out from all of these different perspectives you have 
the combat section where it's kind of the RTS strategy game of, uh, of defeating the aliens that are coming in to, to try and kill everybody. But I think the story is where it really shines uh, with the asymmetric style of it where you are hopping between these different characters and they're not always interconnected, but they all come together at the end. Um, I would highly recommend it uh, for anyone who is uh, looking for a story-driven game. 13 Sentinels is highly regarded. So, Kevin, out of your three nominees, which one does the Odie go to for your favorite Ooh. of these three that <laughs> oh, didn't come we're out We're going to be giving year? it out a couple of times tonight. We have multiple <laughs> we're trophies. We're going to be giving it out like 15 <laughs> times. <laughs> hmm. Ooh, that's, that's tough. Um, Tension's building. Yeah. I am going to give it to Spirit Fair. Oh, the Odie goes to Spirit, yeah, Fair. Spirit Fair. Nice for the game that Let's made go. me cry this year. Okay, very good All game. Right. I'm excited to go back and play some more. Zach, we'll move on to you. Your nominees, your three favorite games that you played this year that didn't come out. Yes, my three favorite games I played this year. That being said, I played a lot of games this year, so this was a very hard decision to make. Honorable mention. I know Logan was confused that Halo is not on my list. I didn't put Halo on my list because my favorite Halo that I played this year was Halo 2, which is one of the Halos I've played in previous years. So I figured I wouldn't give it a spot because only the new play- Halos I played this year were like 4 or 5, Reach. Reach is great, but since it wasn't 2, which is my favorite, I figured I'd just throw some love to some other series that I played this year. And to kick it off, I'm going to give it to Ace Attorney Trials and Tribulations, which is the third one in the original trilogy. This was my first playthrough of the entire series i start i kick, it kicked off this year after a lot of negging by logan over the years he has wanted me to get into the series for a long time uh he finally wore me down i got the trilogy for full price on xbox on xbox what a weird play it was a it was a mess but i bought them and i played them and i loved them tremendously um and i think the best one by far was the third one in the original trilogy i am currently on the sixth game in the 10 game series. So I am very quickly making my way through, um, but I didn't, didn't even play the one that came out this year. So first off, I would love to give it to yeah, Ace Attorney Trials and Tribulations. And then next up is a game that Logan and I started playing at the beginning of the year. Um, and we recently picked it back up recently, as in yesterday. I mean, that's very Divinity recently. Original Sin 2. Um, this game has incredible depth, both in content and it's just a huge world that you can go around in. It's so big that the loading screen at the beginning takes like two minutes just to get you into the game, which is one of my only complaints for this game. Um, it is chock full of stuff to do. It's very D&D adventure with your friends. Choose your own path, um, which makes it very difficult. We do have a lot of challenge in this game, but it's fun overcoming those challenges, especially with your party of friends. So. Definitely loved picking that game up this year. That's another game that I've wanted to try out for a long time. Just never did. And then lastly, Is Gone, which is a game that I played. Oh, boy. <laughs> mostly on a joke. <laughs> and it's a perfectly fine game. But I put it on this list because I just loved talking about it on this show because it made for a lot of good jokes. And I enjoyed talking about the times when I would go through the game and then buildings just wouldn't load. And I had to use context clues on where staircases were, but they were invisible. And I had to use the Molotov uh, (laughs) reticle in order to see where geometry was on the map. That game was broken at times, but it was definitely a fun time to play and an even more fun time to talk about. 
I mean, I'm glad I got it out of the way, so I don't have to think about that game anymore. Until the sequel. So, the until there's no sequel. <laughs> the sequel is not happening. And Zach, who does the Odie go to? I'm going to give my Odie Trials and Tribulations. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ace Attorney, nice. Trials and Tribulations. Attorney game. Take it home. By Ace Attorney for everybody, all three of us. So, Zach, I wanted to ask you, uh, you you said it was going to be the year of Castlevania. I played two Castlevania, two and a half Castlevanias. Is and that not did, enough? Did you have something else that was the year of? And Mario. Oh, oh I did. Mario so uh, left the building played, a long time ago. I played two and a half Marios. Two Castlevanias, two and a half Marios. But really for you, it turned into the year of Halo and the year of Ace Attorney. Pretty much. I don't know which one overtook. Probably Halo. I think it's the year of Halo officially. In sheer yeah. number of Halos played. The number of hours. Ace Attorney games were Ace Attorney longer. number of hours, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the year of Mario. What a year. What a year. Play the year of Luigi. Just an utter failure. <laughs> I just didn't yeah. really like uh, Sunshine. It's fair. fair. It's yeah, it's, it's tough to get through. It's got problems. Yeah. All right, my nominees for favorite game this year that didn't come out this year: F Zero GX on GameCube, which I have played before this year, but really dove into it this year. Last year, twenty twenty, was really the year I discovered F Zero and how much I, I loved the series. But there was a point in this year where I dove back in hard to F Zero GX and unlocked almost all the tracks, almost everything you could, and got really good at that game and. Man, it just it just makes me wish the series was still alive because it then sent me on a journey to try and discover games on modern platforms that are like it, like Fast RMX, a couple others. Uh, there's that Aero GPX game, which is an indie kind of uh, love letter to the F Zero series that's coming out next year that looks and that looks really great. But nothing feels as good as F Zero, uh, and it just makes me yearn for those days of Amusement Vision, Sega, Nintendo, the collaborations with this game, and then the Monkey Balls, how good they were. And that studio that just doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, F-Zero GX is is phenomenal. Phenomenal racing game. Then, Divinity Original Sin 2. Zach touched on it. This game is brutally difficult for us. I think we're really bad at it. I don't think we, we fully understand everything that's going on. Um, but it's it's a really fun world to, to be in. And just some of the funny things that happen. I, I know we talked about this before. But the time where we're lizards and this one woman insulted me for being a lizard so i murdered her in the back of this kitchen and it turned out she was a serial killer that we had been tracking down there's this random lady who worked in the kitchen just some really fun moments because of how much freedom there is to choose to do really whatever you want to do today even we couldn't get past this fight so we stationed we needed to get through this door that we needed to blow up but if you blew up the door in front of these people guarding it they would fight you so we were we were standing like a mile away and zach just shot arrows at it for like two minutes until it broke and then we just waltzed through so just really fun things you can do to to kind of make your own path and and have your own story that's unique to everyone else that plays the game so that that's really good and then I wrote a couple games down here for my for my third slot because I don't really know how to treat either of these games. I wanted to mention Fall Guys because it got a ton of new content this year since it is an ongoing game. And Zach and I and, and Kevin a couple times still played this game a ton. And I really like a lot of the seasons that came out this year. 
Season six, which is going on right now, is great. Some of the costume collaborations and the new shows and modes they've introduced have been a lot of fun. Um, so a strong first year of content for Fall Guys. So I just wanted to mention that. And then something that was new for you guys, but semi-new for me, was Mario 3D World, uh, which plus Bowser's Fury on Switch, one of the last remaining Wii U games to get brought over this year. And I played this to death on the Wii U, but Bowser's Fury was totally new. But just replaying through that 3D World campaign with with you guys and and with a couple other people on a separate file was just it reminded me of how much I love that Mario game. I think it's such a great multiplayer experience. Um, so I wanted to mention it here. What does the OD go to? The, the OD goes to. I got to give it to F Zero GX. I oh, think wow. that that game okay. is is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I'm just so impressed with its design and its courses. I think that it's it's just so well designed and the series needs to come back and hopefully this Odie will give the series some traction. This is what forward. it took. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 2022 return of F-Zero. Thanks to this Odie. <laughs> thanks to the Biomutant statue. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to, to Odie himself. <laughs> yeah. What a guy. All right, Zach, I'm going to throw it over to you so we can go through the next segment of the Odies. All right, we'll be moving on to our next big segment of the Odies. We're going to be talking about our biggest surprises and biggest disappointment, singular, of the year. One game. We will each go through yes. our biggest of each. We're going to start out with Kevin. What was your biggest surprise of the year? Oh, biggest we're ending surprise. on the negative? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. We'll, well, about we'll swing it back around again. The positive. next segment will yeah. be bringing yeah, it back up. Yeah. Uh, my biggest surprise, I'm going to go with Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Uh, Bowser's Fury because I didn't know what to make of it exactly. You know, it's it's it was being added on to Mario 3D World, and so you kind of expect that it's not going to be anything too special. It's like, oh, here's this little add-on mode uh, for the game, just so that you know maybe we can move some more units. But I was really surprised by how quality it was and how much fun it was. Just sitting down in like one or two sittings and just blasting through that game with its completely interconnected world was a super fun experience and it got me wondering about what is going to come next for 3d mario because i feel like it's a window into the future we already had super mario odyssey and this is kind of an extension of that in terms of just this interconnected world and i think they've opened the door to a lot of possibilities for the future and then 3d world it's pretty much new to me i played it a couple of times throughout the years but never really got super into it because i didn't have a wii u um but just playing it with you guys was super fun and, uh, yeah, kind of caught me off guard with how much I would like it because seeing it over the years, it was just like, oh, you know, you know, it looks like the one on the 3DS with some multiplayer add-ins. Like, okay, that's cool. That's fine. But I really did have a blast uh, playing it in multiplayer with you guys. So It's a game that, that really doesn't show well. I've always felt that way about 3D World. People blasted it, the E3. It was originally shown back in 2013, and they're just like, oh, it's just HD 3D land with cats and multiplayer. But when you play some of these levels, it's just one of these things that the Mario franchise and few others can do. It's just such pure joy all the way through and just really creative level design that can get really hard in some of the bonus levels. Yeah. So, yeah, it... It plays much better than it shows. Yeah, so that was my biggest surprise. Am I going to go to my disappointment? We we, we can oh, probably we save it, right, a, Zach? We can do a round of surprises and then do All a right. collective disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I okay. just want to say real quick on, on Bowser's Fury, too. It's it's cool because I, 
the level and the actual platforming in it is more like what you find in 3D Land and 3D World, but then the structure is totally open like Odyssey. So it just felt like this really cool mishmash of ideas that turned into something that Mario's never really done before. So I, I just thought it was really cool just traveling to these different places and kind of running into this this like Mario Galaxy level that's just sitting here and you just do it and then you leave and then... Bowser showing up got a little old. I think yeah. that was my only real <laughs> criticism of it was that he showed up a lot, but just that that was a really, really cool experience this year too. And it was some of the coolest added content we've seen Nintendo tack on to the Wii U ports to Switch. Better than Funky Mode, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot better than Funky Mode that cost 10 extra dollars. <laughs> Worth it. Worth <laughs> it for the funk. All right, we'll move on to my biggest surprise. I think my biggest surprise of the year by far was Forza Horizon 5. I have really enjoyed playing simulation racers in the past, but none of them that I ever played really hooked me as much as this series has. Um, And not only that, just getting a Series S and then having it day one on Game Pass completely for free was just incredible. Um, Going in, playing uh, Forza Horizon 4 before 5 came out, I knew that the series was really good and that I'd like it a lot moving into five, but five itself was just so encapsulating. You just love, like Logan said, you just go into the world and you can just drive around and just enjoy the world as it is. You don't even have to do races. It's just so gorgeous to look at. The racing is so smooth. It feels really great. It's just, I yeah, I've never really loved a simulation racer, racer as much as I have loved Forza Horizon 5. And I see myself putting a lot more time into it than I already have this year. Um, it's just been a lot of fun. That's the Odie. Now, oh, the Odie. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll be moving on to our biggest disappointments Logan? of What about my surprise? <laughs> skip, skip my surprise? Yeah. Oh, you wait. No surprise for Logan. Oops, I forgot you had a surprise. <laughs> it's only <laughs> disappointments with Logan. What is it? My biggest surprise is Mario Party Superstars. I felt like that's the Odie. Odie going to Mario Party. Congrats. I feel like this year was a it was a very mid to early 2000s year for a lot of series that kind of came back. Like Monkey Ball came back, Mario Party, WarioWare, No More Heroes came back. It was a lot of series that haven't been around in the 20 in the 2010s at all that came back. And Mario Party, first of all, we didn't know about it at all until E3. So for them to to come out this year and then be as good and take as much of my time as it did was really surprising mario party has not been good since mario party 8 on wii and i don't even like that one very much seven on gamecube is the last time i really enjoyed a mario party yet i still continued to pick them all up and just be disappointed in in the final product and them going back to the n64 games and remaking a hundred mini games from across the the first 10 mario party games and adding online play that is one of the smoothest online experiences I've ever seen Nintendo make. It was just a really, really good package. And actually this past week when I was visiting family for the holidays, we played every Mario Party 1 through 10 on the original consoles they were on. And more and more, the more we kept playing these ones that I was like, maybe this one's better than Mario Party Superstars. It was like, no, I I think Superstars is the best Mario Party has ever been just because of the graphics and the minigame selection, the gameplay, the online functionality, just all of it is the best the series has ever been, which I never thought I'd be saying based on the trajectory of this franchise over the past like 13 years. So that was by far the game that surprised me the most this year. Mario Party's back. 
It is back. Yep. Now make another one. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that's actually new. This new trajectory. Yeah. Just or just add DLC. Because I want it. There's yeah. only five boards, which is a little low for a Mario Party game like we talked about. So they could just add a couple of GameCube era yeah, boards. Yeah, seems ripe for that. Yeah, it would be amazing. Oh, now we'll move on to our biggest disappointments of 2021. We've got a couple to talk about, but one much more prevalent than the other. <laughs> the upside down Odie, the upside as, down you, as you will. <laughs> I think we'll start this one off with Logan since he's got a couple disappointments to talk about. Yeah, I have an honorable mention. Uh, I just can't go without mentioning this one. I, I mentioned my friend Ai is here at the Odies tonight, and unfortunately he's the recipient <laughs> of my honorable mention. For biggest disappointment. Wow, the only uh, audience member we have is for the disappointing <laughs> game. He got a bad Odie. Because <laughs> I still love him. I'm not mad at him. <laughs> yeah, I, I showed Banana Mania to my parents over the last week because we used to play Monkey Ball a lot. And I was just like, yeah, the physics are terrible. So it's not as good for people who are super into Monkey Ball like me. And then I was like, oh, but for casual players like you guys, you might still enjoy it. But then I was like, oh, wait, no, you won't, because there's no multiplayer. So it's just like, this game is made for nobody. It doesn't feel as good. They stripped out a core feature. The party games feel bad. It was just such a disappointment after, like, a year and a half of the announcer hyping this oh, thing yeah. up on his Instagram. For, for it to be what it turned out to be was just super disappointing. And I've only played it for, like, five hours when... What I played the Monkey Ball two the last three years for like a hundred hours, and for this game to barely take up more than an afternoon of my time was was a big bummer. And this is a series unlike Mario Party now that I have hope for that I think is forever dead and will never be what it once was, and that's just really disappointing. All right, that's your honorable mention, but we do have more to talk about in terms of a very disappointing <laughs> experience for all three oh, of yeah. us this year. That, what is my it? friends, is It Takes Two, uh, a game that we were all very excited for when it was originally announced because of how much we loved Is Light Interactive. Is that who created it? Yeah, I don't even out. remember. Yeah, yeah, his yeah like the creators of A Way Out. We all absolutely loved A Way Out. Um, the co-op, local co-op mechanics were just so integrated so beautifully into this game that we thought they would translate very well into their next, <laughs> their next release. And they, they really didn't. This game was a disappointment on so many levels, and it won all three of our collective disappointment of the year. Does anyone have any thoughts on why this made their most disappointing game of 2021? Uh, it became grading to play <laughs> by the end of it, which is never a good thing. And we're um, not even close to the end. Yeah, we're not even close. Maybe no, we only made it about halfway through yeah. for the most part before we couldn't take it anymore. Even at the end, we started skipping cutscenes, you know, ignoring dialogue. We just focused on the gameplay, and even that didn't push us through. Yeah, the story is is my biggest qualm. The characters are incredibly unlikable they don't like maybe maybe they have some like miraculous change at the end but they do not grow through the first half of this game and then you get to the point at the halfway mark where they're just despicable and there is a really nasty scene where if you're already feeling this game wasn't for you that scene will for sure just stomp it out once that happened it was over 
I just didn't want to play it anymore. Yeah. And the gameplay, I you know, there were there were some fun moments for me. I thought that there were some good ideas in there, and I had some fun with it, but I don't think it lasts through the runtime. Again, we only got halfway through, and and by that halfway mark, I felt like I was becoming less and less interested in the ideas that it had on offer. Some of the earlier game ideas I had some fun with, but man, some of the mid-game ones, I don't even remember what we did. Like It was just kind of mm-hmm. like running around in this world. The mini-game selection that they had was incredibly unbalanced. Like whenever we would stop and do those like side mini games, one person would just absolutely demolish the other person, no matter what the game was. Someone would pick the right spot and just win every time. <laughs> Where it was like you yeah. look at a way out and you're just like, oh, let's play Connect Four or let's do these little like let's um jump on the wheelchairs or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I don't it, it didn't feel like it was incre- it was really unbalanced. Connect Four because it's just a regular game. So the regular game isn't unbalanced, but the other ones were small enough where it was just kind of like a little bit of fun in between. But yeah, there was, there was seemingly no point for the mini games because it was someone was just gonna lose depending on what they picked. Um, yeah, hyped up for this game after a way out, and it let me down a lot. It actively pissed me off by the end of the game, even more so. <laughs> That it Brutal. won all of these Game of the Year awards. I don't understand. Yeah, that was the bitterest moment. And of it's not the even like awards. in years yep. past. I feel like some of these games get picked, and there's like a lot of internet discourse being like, "Ah, I don't think so. Like, ah, that didn't deserve. This game should have won." I feel like ninety percent of it is like, "Yes, this game deserved to win," or like, "I'm glad that this game won." And I just don't don't understand it. Happy for the guy. The guy, the creator, seems like an absolutely great dude. Love the guy. The mm-hmm. game itself. I do not ever want to play it again. Yeah, this is obviously no shade at the developers or Joseph Forrest or anyone who made the game. Like, we're obviously happy for them and its success. And we love A Way Out, the the game they previously made. This was just, it was shocking to me to see A Way Out fly so under the radar. And I've even talked to a few people. I was, um, during the Game Awards, I was like, man, I think A Way Out runs circles around this game. And people are like, no, A Way Out's not that good. This was better. I'm like, "Ah, how can you think that? I don't, it's just, it's just totally differing opinions that I don't understand. Um, But yeah, the gameplay is so boring. Kevin, you mentioned not remembering what you did. It's because the change-ups all just start to feel the same because the puzzle design is so simple. It's something, I, I won't get into it all again, but I talked about how them not exploring these concepts just makes them all so grating to play. Where in a way out, it wasn't just changing gameplay, it was changing genre. So it's super memorable. You're like, oh, this is a top-down like shmup now. This is, oh, this is a 2D fighting game now. Where in a way out, it's like, okay, I have the hammer, you have the nail. I have the positive magnet, you have the negative magnet. It it had that like Diablo style thing for a while, but that was boring. It's just it's just not very entertaining to play. And a decent gameplay can be carried by a really compelling story, but the story's worse than the gameplay. The book, who you you guys didn't mention yet, oh, is unbearable thing. to listen oh, annoying. to. Every Such time he shows up, character. it's just like, no, go away. <laughs> so yeah, we didn't finish it. Zach and I may get there someday. It's I doubtful. It. But we'll see. Set it to abandoned. 
<laughs> oh no! I have also put it to abandoned. I do not believe I will be going back to It Takes Two, even if Logan yeah, does so, hold out a little bit of hope. So we'll have to see, but just a big disappointment. Zach, anything to add? No, I think you guys covered it pretty much exactly. My sentiments. It was it's a lot of high hopes dashed by a lot of disappointing choices, especially coming off of the highs of a way out. So definitely deserving of our biggest disappointment of 2021. You know, sad. I know, yeah. very sad. Disappointing. Yeah. All right. All right. Why don't we move over to a more positive note? We're getting closer to the end of this show. First, we've got our top five games of 2021. Before we get Woo! into the actual Odie's game of the year for our five categories, we have each picked out five games, four for me, because I don't play new games, <laughs> well, apparently. Yep. But there's a caveat there, and I'll get into that in a minute. But we each picked five games that came out this year for our top games of 2021. I'm going to throw it to Zach first. Do you want to run through your list? Of your top are five. We, are we going around doing, doing all fives, our fives, all our fours? Just... We can do that. Number five. Cool. the best Zach. way to do this. Number five. I had to give my number five to Monster Hunter Rise, a game which I really enjoyed. Uh, I put over 100 hours into back in the beginning of the year. It came out in March. This was a game we were very excited to play, Logan and I. And I've played most of it with Logan as my hunting partner. Um, we were huge world fans. Uh set us off into this spiral of Monster Hunter love. We were very excited for Rise to come out. We spent the whole weekend playing it, um, had a great time. We do have our qualms with the game, of course. It's way too easy. Um, there was le- lacking in content in the beginning. It did release new monsters and new content and is currently still doing so, um, but not enough to really keep us engaged. Like We had a ton to do in World, um, and it just kept us busy for a very long time. I put over like 400 hours into that game so that is the difference but nevertheless still absolutely loved rise as a game i love the new additions to the monsters the aesthetic of kimura village how they handle the weapons with the wire bug system i absolutely love the wire bug system especially when it comes to heavier weapons you get a lot of more mobility with those types of weapons which i tend to lean towards anyways so i like that a lot and so having put so much time into it and enjoying it so much in the beginning of the year Definitely felt like it deserved a spot on my list. This game, this would be my six. It just missed my list. I feel like I might like it better than some of the games on my list, but it just had the highest of expectations because of of World, um, which it it didn't quite meet. But still, a couple things to add on to what you said. This is a Switch game that runs amazingly. Still unbelievable. How fast the load times are and how good the game looks and runs. Yeah, you said some cool new monsters. Goss Harag, the big Yeti guy, is like the coolest Absolutely monster amazing. in the series. Riding around on the dogs is awesome. The wire bug is awesome. So there's a lot of really cool stuff here. I guess my takeaway from Rise is, one, I hope Sunbreak is harder. I hope there's more some more meat on the bones for, for vet- I guess we're veterans now, because <laughs> now we're complaining about how Very easy funny. a new entry is. For veterans like us who want a little bit more challenge, I hope that Sunbreak brings that with its master rank. But beyond that, I hope that World 2, or whatever the next primary Monster Hunter game is, does take some of these innovations from Rise and add them in, but just put it in a more challenging game like Monster Hunter World was. But yeah, Rise is a really great game, and we'll be talking about it more next year with with the big expansion. All right, Logan, you're five. If it's not Monster Hunter Rise, what is it? It is Forza Horizon 5. 
a game which Zach and I finished. I don't know if Zach mentioned that. Um, but yeah, oh, we, we, no. we yeah we finished it uh, this timing. earlier this week. <laughs> we got into the Hall of Fame, which we kind of are calling the ending of like the main main story. Credits didn't roll or anything, but it feels like the end. Um, but yeah, there's still stuff to do around the map and and planner to do. And yeah, this game was almost my biggest surprise. I really, really enjoyed my time with it this year and not nearly done with it. I have never cared about car sim racers, anything like that. We played even that one game at Kevin's apartment. I don't even remember the title of it. It was like a truck racing game or we were racing in the Uh, snow. It wasn't Excite Truck. It was something on Xbox. Burnout? Maybe it was Burnout. I can't remember what we played, but I was horrible at it. And I'm like, man, I just like kart racers. I don't like racing real cars. And this game just totally changed, turned me around on that just because of its open world elements. I think it might be my favorite open world ever. I'm not a huge open world guy, but it's just so much fun to drive around this thing. It is gorgeous. I enjoyed four, but then five was just a huge step up for me. Um, The multiplayer is a lot of fun. There's so much customization that I feel like we haven't even dove into, like customizing events. How many laps do you want to do? How hard do you want the computers to be? You can like build your own tracks. You can create your own jumps. Like you can say you have to jump off this hill and you have to make it this far to complete like my user generated challenge. There's just so much content in this game to the point where it's getting more recognition than I've ever seen a driving or racing game get than this. Like it won, it's won some game of the year awards this, this award season and deservedly. So it's a huge exclusive not having to pay 70 bucks for it. Like Zach said, was a huge deal just getting to install it and, then just jump in the moment it came out with pre-install through Game Pass is just amazing. And yeah, I I really, really love this game. And I know Zach loves it too, and Kevin likes the series, and we'll absolutely love it when he plays it eventually too. Oh yeah, very excited to play it. Whenever I got my Xbox. All right, me. No number five. <laughs> it takes two? <laughs> I oh. don't want to put that thing anywhere near a top five list <laughs> for me. <laughs> All let's, right. let's move to number four. Zach, what is your number four game of 2021? My number four game of 2021 is a game I played fairly recently, and that's Metroid Dread. The first game in the Metroid series that I have ever touched, um, and it was phenomenal. I have been a fan recently of the Metroidvania style of games, given the Castlevanias that I've played recently and the amount of love I've given for that series. So definitely excited to hop into a Metroid game. Um, This one was getting a lot of praise. Uh, I borrowed Logan's copy, so I didn't even have to buy this game either. So far, I've spent $0 on my top two games of the year. So that's fun. Um, And then I hopped in. I had to You bought Monster Hunter Rise? For some reason, I was thinking it was Forza. (laughs) All right, we'll get there eventually. Later. Yeah. So Metroid Dread. Uh, didn't know what to expect going in story-wise. I didn't really know anything about the story of Metroid Dread. They, it was, it's a pretty simple story. Um, there's a, Samus has to go to this planet because it's infested with X, uh, which is a thing that it gives a rundown in the beginning of the game. So you have a general idea of what's going on, which is perfectly fine, but that's not really why you want to play this game. This game looks gorgeous. It's got the uh, classic 2D 
uh, style of a Metroidvania, but with dynamic backgrounds. So there's always stuff going on in the background, and it's like 3D-esque, but looking at a 2D perspective. And it's very gorgeous, and it plays so smooth. Controlling Samus is so satisfying. Uh, her abilities to just jump and maneuver around and her weapon upgrades that she progressively gets throughout the series just feel so satisfying to do. Uh, and especially one of the big highlights of this game for me was the boss fights. I just thought the boss fights were very creative and very dynamic and they looked really good and they played really well so overall this was just a fantastic first experience for metroid and i don't think i'll ever go back because i don't think any of them would be as good as this one um so but it does open it up for maybe i'll play some more metroids in the future going forward so definitely loved playing this game all right logan you're four I already talked about it a lot. Uh, Mario Party Superstars made it to my number four on the list. I guess the one thing I didn't really talk about was this game's so dang nostalgic, man. Just like the music and the music in the mini games. It's like, man, they made a different song for every mini game in Mario Party, and it just brings me back to being like ten years old playing these on GameCube or N sixty four. It's just super nostalgic and. I didn't realize how much I cared about this series because it was always just like, oh, yeah, I just play the new Mario Party with my family when it comes out. But since it's just been so long, it's like, man, I used to really like this series. And it's just been so fun to have it back playing with family online, playing with Zach whenever he comes up. And Zach still hasn't won a game. He thinks he's <laughs> cursed at Mario Party. <laughs> I, I get second place, but I lose by like one game. And it's like you've lost you to see. me a couple of times, but you've also lost at the, to the computer. Yeah, I've lost to to the computer. I've lost to Logan. I can I'll lose to anybody. It you is got the Mario Party ridiculous. curse. I've got the Fall Guys curse. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, it's, it's real. We've all got our own curses. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's all I'll say about Mario Party. All right, I actually have a game at number four. Uh, yeah. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. So I've talked about this game a lot, both the good and the bad. It's not perfect. It's got its issues. Uh, a lot of it has to do with um, the philosophies of of new Pokemon games, but for me, it's it's carried just on its legacy of 15 years of of Generation 4 of the Sinnoh region. I I look back at those older regions as in comparison to what I've played now, and it's just so much more expansive with all of these optional routes that you can go down, an actual post-game with things to do. The, the main game is ridiculously easy, but I appreciated how much more difficult the Elite Four was. Because even, I mean, in Generation Four, that Elite Four was all, was was pretty challenging. Uh, partly due to the fact that the XP share wasn't as as broken as it is now. But I appreciate that that was still intact and was still an actual challenge. It capped off the game really well. The graphic style, when it isn't zoomed into the characters, looks solid. Uh, I wish they didn't do the zoom ins. I don't know why they decided to do that uh, <laughs> because it does not show off the game particularly well. But I think just in motion in the world, the game looks solid yeah it, it it's got its issues but i can't say i didn't have fun with it through my 25 hours both playing through the elite four and doing the post game uh on the extra island i have i i've got complaints with it some things for platinum should have been there that weren't new pokemon design i'm not a big fan of but i still had a lot of fun and i'd like to go back at some point maybe to to play the underground with some people i haven't done that yet and the underground's like its own separate game like it was 15 years ago so yeah, I, despite its problems, I still had a blast with it at times. Which I don't think you would say about the Gen 3 remakes, is that right? No, 
No, yeah. I didn't. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's better than it's those, good that I think. This one seems like the most, but like very faithful. Like it's not flashy at all. It's a very faithful remake, it seems, in a lot of ways to the originals one, where I feel like we all felt that the Gen 3 remakes changed a lot of the core experience in bad ways. So yeah, I guess a, a straight remake is is better for these old gens that outshine what Pokemon is doing now. Yeah, that that puts it into perspective. Some of these newer games that I played, like Sun and Moon and X and Y, it's just like oof. <laughs> yeah, Sword and Shield, which you avoided. Yeah, <laughs> luckily nah, we're gonna play those. Anyways, let's move to number three. Zach, what do you got on? We're into the top three now. What is into the top three? Number three, the big boys, twenty twenty one. A number three game I gave to Halo Infinite. A game which came out at the tail end of the year. This was one of the. It was the year of Halo for me, so there was a lot riding on this game. Um, Wait, was it the year of Halo? Oh, is that what we're doing? I think technically it was the the year of of Halo. (laughs) I think technically, given the amount of games played, it was the year of Halo. (laughs) The year's narrative finds itself. Yeah. So what we've learned is do not call a year in uh, January or February. Just call it at the end. Oh, after playing all of the Halo, some of them more than once, there was a lot riding on me wanting this game to be good, um, especially after 4 and 5 were such a letdown. Uh, 343 had a lot to prove to their audience that they could make a Halo that people enjoyed, um, especially some of the promises they made for Halo Infinite, saying that this was going to be Halo for the next 10 years. So there was a lot riding on this game. So going into it, I was already immediately disappointed because there was no co-op with your friends. You had to play the campaign alone. Um, That was a big detractor of this. I wasn't going to play it, but the co-op got pushed till May, so I figured I might as well just play it by myself. Um, And then other than that, some of the negatives. This would be higher if there weren't a few negatives, like the story, still way too Cortana-focused, and the locales of the game, just no variation. You're either on the grassy outside open world or the forerunner hallways uh so those were my big complaints but other than that this is the best halos ever felt to me um the grappling hook opens up the open world the mobility is fantastic uh i love the fobs going and being both, you know support with other unsc members and getting you know guns and ammo and vehicles and all that good stuff and then you know, choosing your routes and coming across enemies. And then the story altogether may not have been super strong, but it was still enjoyable. I liked the characters and I liked the boss fights and the way it was laid out. Some of the missions were very, very, you know, high intensity, epic, very, very cool. So overall, it was better than I expected, which is great. That's good enough. It's a good start for Halo. And then not just that, but the multiplayer, very good. Had a chance to try that out with Logan. Uh, again, started out with some flaws, but now that they've opened it up with more playlist options, it's great. Definitely a lot of fun. Definitely deserving of a top three spot. All right. Logan, you're number three. Metroid Dread. I gave a glowing review to Metroid Dread on this show the weekend after it came out. It was was really great. Uh, We've talked at length on the show, all three of us, and how we struggle to get into this genre. Metroidvanias are really, really tough for us to play. I don't feel like any of us really enjoy that type of game very much. And and Metroid changed that for me for two reasons. It just feels amazing. It feels so fun to play. And it's really easy to find your way with just the, the smart way they have designed this world to make you feel like you're exploring and discovering things yourself 
but you're actually walking along a pretty guided path that is designed to make you feel smart. And that's really cool. It's a really impressive world that they've put together. And it, yeah, it just looks amazing. And just the fact that this thing exists, like you look back at 2005, Metroid Dread was teased and it took 16 years for it to come out on well, like it was going to come out on the Game Boy and then the DS. And now here it is on the Switch, like a decade and a half later. It's just an unbelievable story. And to see Nintendo return to a series that has desperately been starving for a new entry for so long was just super cool at E3 when they're like, we know you want Prime 4, but here's this new 2D Metroid. That was that was one of the biggest like mic drop moments of the year when this thing was revealed. And for it to turn out as good as it did was just really, really great. I love the combat. Zach mentioned the boss fights. Some of the coolest 2D boss fights I've ever seen. I really like how dynamic it is where sometimes the camera does zoom in to like a third person behind the back perspective for some of those action shots. It's really cinematic and cool, but doesn't feel like you're watching a cutscene. It it still feels like you're on your toes playing it. So yeah, I really, really loved Metroid. I think it's one of the Switch's best games. Um, and yeah, I've never finished a Metroid game really before this one. And then I plowed through this one in seven days. So that should say something about how good this game is and, and how smooth it is and how good it feels to actually play. Metroid's back. Just like it is. And maybe now we'll I see what happens with Prime. <laughs> and Halo's back too. Like what year is it? What year are we living in right now? Yeah, it's bizarre. Five, six, yeah. something. <laughs> All right. Entering my top three. Talked about it before. Mario 3D World, but more specifically Bowser's Fury. I guess for me, Mario 3D World isn't basically a new game. But I think Bowser's Fury stands uh, by itself in an experience that you really need to play that came out in 2021. Um, some of the most fun I've had with any game this year. And it it is... It made me realize how starved I am for whatever comes after Mario Odyssey. Because as good as Bowser's Fury was, it is short. Which makes sense. It's just a little side activity alongside the more meteor Mario 3D world. But what was there was so good and so much fun that I just plowed through it in one sitting... And I'm waiting for what's next, like I have since uh, Super Mario Odyssey came out so, so long ago in 2017. Mm. Um, yeah, it has wet my appetite. I've already talked a lot about it, but one of the most fun experiences I've had playing a game this year. And it gets me really excited for how they take the ideas in Bowser's Fury with its more open concept, uh, along with the ideas that they've already established in Odyssey, hopefully to make an Odyssey 2 with the cat mechanics still there, um, but to improve on it even more. It was a ton of fun this year. And of course, Mario 3D World uh, playing that multiplayer was a ton of fun as well. So good. Yeah. So it, Bowser's Fury was so good. I really hope 2022 is the year we hear what the Mario team is doing next. Whether it's Mario or that Donkey Kong game that we've heard is yeah. rumored that they're working on. Just whatever they're working on, I want to play it. Because it'll be good, whatever it is. Yeah. I know it's good. Top two. Number two, Zach, on your list. Right, I gave my number two to Forza Horizon 5. It made my most surprising game of the year for a reason. I have talked about how much I love this game at length, so I won't say too much more. Just know that this game is fantastic, and if you have an Xbox, you should play it. Good time. I want to play it. One of the first games I'm going to play play whenever I pick up an Xbox this generation. It's probably going to be Forza. Very exciting. Yeah, I'll just add one more thing about it. 
it's just so cool. It's like the most customizable game I've ever played. Like, I know there's these people who are like, I want to tune my cars and race the hardest computers and have to shift myself. And I don't want the blue line on. And then there's me and Zach that are just like, like just cruising around. Like, doesn't matter. Computers are easy as heck. Got the driving line on. And it's just, it's really cool that they're like, yeah, whatever. Whatever you want to do, you can make it. Yeah, that's always been really impressive with uh, with Forza is how customizable, like, difficulties and things are. You know, you can yeah. change how realistic the car feels if you want that driving line on, manual or automatic. The level of difficulty with the CPUs, that's always been a, a really strong point of the Forza games and Forza Horizon that you can really tailor it to your play style and what you have fun playing. Yeah. yeah. Logan, you're number two. Halo Infinite is my number two, and wow. it feels so good to say it. It feels so good that this game is good. I don't think there was a game this year I was more cautious about than Halo Infinite, just with the story that we've talked about on this show from its review. It was revealed like four years ago, and now it's here finally after a lot of troubles along the way in the campaign and the multiplayer I both love. Once again, it was very similar to Mario Party, a series I haven't cared about in in this case, since like Halo 4 was the last time I cared, Halo 5 just really killed my love for this thing. And through college, didn't play it at all, didn't really talk or play Halo. And then afterwards, it's like, man, Halo is a really big series for me. I really care about it. And to see it come back this big was just so exciting. The campaign is fantastic. It has those couple of shortcomings, like Zach mentioned. We feel the same about those, but... I never thought that there'd be a mechanic that makes me not want to drive a warthog or a ghost, but the grappling hook is that much fun to swing around it. It's just, it's a total game changer. Um, and then the multiplayer, free to play, they launched it early, which was super cool. And it's just awesome. It's just so much fun to be in Slayer again and capture the flag on maps that I think are largely great, playing with friends, playing with family. It's just, I feel like Halo is is absolutely back and i'm sold on this being kind of the the base for what this series is the next 10 years and i didn't think i'd say that two months ago i didn't think this game was going to be as successful as it's turned out to be you never know what these games that have long development cycles and year plus long delays but yeah glad that it came out and was able to live up to to the hype of a of that long of a wait in like December, I was like, last December, we were talking about how bad Cyberpunk was. Are we going to be doing that again with yeah. Halo? And no, it's it was very much the opposite of that. Although the Halo community has been very toxic towards this game, which sucks because I think it's just a blast. Um, but that's another problem. Yeah, that's just online communities, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. can be really toxic just in general. All right. Yeah. My number two, it had to show up somewhere on this list. Lost Judgment. It's not number one, though. What could number one be? For the first time in what feels like a long time. It has yeah. been a it's not game. number one. And I think it is because of its story. It's not a bad story. And it's got some really good moments, some really good reveals. But looking at it in the lens of the first game, it's just not as strong. And I think the ending, uh, the ending sequences aren't as impactful as that first game was. And it's and it's hard to to outdo that one because that last little bit of the original judgment was so good where things are getting revealed and you're doing these boss fights and you're going to these areas for the last time. Super good. It was hard to, to one up that, but beyond uh, the story, having some, 
having some points that uh, that I don't know if I agreed with. Uh, the rest of the game, the gameplay is, is so good. The combat, of course, it's it was really refreshing to go back to that uh, original Yakuza style of combat after Like a Dragon that switched to the RPG mode um, with the different fighting stances. The world with Yokohama and Tokyo and, and Kamurocho is always a blast to run around in. They always pack these worlds with interesting things to do, and that's the key. They're interesting. They have their own little stories. They've got all these different mini games. You can go skateboarding. You can do the little VR game. You can go and help the kids at the school. You can do some missions for, uh, for the detective agency. You can just run around and do fights and go into the stores and stuff. There's always so much to do in these games, and Lost Judgment is no exception. It, it's... It's some of the best that uh, the series has ever been with its side content, and I've been meaning to get back to it. I've been playing other games to try and uh, wrap up this year, so I have more games to talk about this year, but I definitely want to go back because there's still a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen. There's a lot of side stories and side games that I want to do uh, and want to experience, and you can play Sonic the Fighters in it. So, oh, yeah. And and I beat it. The game. There's, there's my... Ah, oh, that wasn't on my list of games that I beat that didn't come out this year. Sonic the <laughs> Sonic Fighters. Sonic the Fighters. Unfortunately. Um, oh, Sonic Minecraft could be your number five. Oh, there we go. Sonic Minecraft. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely horrible. But Lost Judgment, uh, despite problems with the story, is still an absolute blast to play through. And I'm excited, at least for Zach, to play through it because you have it now. It is in your position. I just got it. I loaded it up. I haven't started it yet, but I'm very excited to play it. Because it's a bunch of fun. It's on my this list for next year, too. New year what game? happened to that? Fell off on uh, it? I, I play it with, with my girlfriend watches me play that game, and we just kind of both got individually busy mm. at different times and didn't have time to sit down together and play through a huge game like that. Well, hopefully you'll have time for it next year, because it, yeah. it is worth your time. Maybe the last Judgment game there is. No, La- Lost Judgment or Last Judgment? True. They should have They should have renamed it. <laughs> Why didn't they just name it the last judgment? <laughs> to really have it set in that this is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sad. All right, let's get into our individual games what of you... the year. Zach, I don't know. I don't think this is a surprise, but what do you got for game of the year? Now, this probably isn't a surprise given how much I complained about not having a PS5 in order to play this game and then eventually being able to play it on Logan's PS5. But my number one game of 2021 has to go to Deathloop. I don't think Woo! it's close. Yeah. I absolutely loved Deathloop. I knew I would. I've always been a huge fan of Arcane Studios, starting with the Dishonored series. Uh, the Dishonored games I've played a dozen times a piece. I'm just a huge fan of that. So I knew after seeing the endless amount of trailers that they had for Deathloop that it was going to be a very similar playing game um, with the... Uh, magic style stealth, but with much more modern gunplay um, variation, but with still with the 60s jazzy aesthetic. I mean, it was absolutely everything I hoped it would be. It was a ton of fun. It had a ton of freedom. Uh, it played exactly like Dishonored. The characters were super interesting. I enjoyed all of the visionaries. The voice acting was incredible. The sound design, the soundtrack, the aesthetic it, everything just fell into place to create an experience that i absolutely love and i feel like i think about this game every day and some of the story implications at the end i just just can't get enough of it i just ah oh god i it lived up to my expectations 
Um, and my expectations were super high. So I very much would love to give I Odie for Game of the Year 2021 to Deathloop. Congratulations, Woo! Deathloop. Congrats Your, to Deathloop. Uh, statue will come in the mail at some oh, yeah. point. We'll be procure more of these statues. <laughs> when they go on sale and clearance on Amazon for 10 bucks, we'll just load up. <laughs> for yeah. many years to come on the Odies. Logan, do you want to want to tag team this? We got the same game. Yeah, let's at do number it. Number one, what is our number one game? What what do we give our OD to for twenty? We give our OD for our favorite game this year to the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles Two, and the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles in general. So the Great Ace Attorney Two Resolve is the second one uh, in this dual collection that came out this year. You've heard us gush about it the last six months basically since i was first playing it kevin just recently finished it but yeah it's our number one kev you want to talk about it first yeah it's it's hard to talk about especially the second game in in the in the little in the duology without spoiling anything but as always the the story is fantastic and and there are a lot of surprises in there and you get and i appreciated that the first game had a lot of things that tied in where the the first game had some issues with pacing, you know, the whole thing of you you're not you're only in one area, you never go back out to investigate again, but they remedied that with the second game, but I appreciated that a lot of these storylines come together from that first game. Some of the stuff um you kind of expect to come back and and of course there are certain things where you kind of have a feeling that something is going to happen there, but sometimes it'll surprise you with how it decides to have some of these things happen. You you have an idea that that this is going to happen, and it does, but maybe not in the way you expect. And that was uh, one of the best things of those final couple of cases, is that the things came together kind of in the way you expected, but maybe kind of not. And and I really appreciated that. The characters are great. I love Herlock. He's, he's great, and the role that he plays as you uh. get further and further into the game where... Of course, he's the the bumbling idiot, of course, but some of his moments at the end of the game were really great, too. Um, and, yeah, some of the reveals, story, great game. Loved it a lot. Yeah, it's – it's. I hate it when people, like, just play it for 20 hours and then it gets great, which is not totally the case here because the first game is still very good. It was still very enjoyable, but then just that, that second one just hits – it just never slows down. It is just rapid fire pacing the whole way through. Case two and three are some of the, maybe the best second case and the best third case the series has ever seen. Unbelievable. And this is another series. It's it's the same as Mario Party where I'm like, it's never going to be as good as it was. And Monkey Ball, which will never be as good as it was, <laughs> where Ace Attorney really peaked with the DS era. It stumbled into the 3DS era a little bit, and I still very much enjoyed the games. Six was the last one that came out here, and that was 2016, five years ago, and I really did enjoy that game, but it still just felt a little different. The original creator wasn't here, and you could tell the writing wasn't from the same mind that wrote that amazing original trilogy. And then... I, had, I just had really muted expectations because since 2016, since Spirit of Justice came out, I have since gone on to play Uncharted and the last and these these other games with phenomenal storytelling. And I'm like, is Ace Attorney going to still hold the torch of my favorite story? And then I play the Ace Attorney one and I'm like, ooh, that's like one of the worst games in the series. All of them are very good, but it was still lower on the ladder. And then two, 
I think is my favorite story ever in a game because it's it's that good. It's that enthralling. You care about the character so much. Herlock Sholmes is a absolute gem. I love him so dearly. And I'm just so thrilled with this game that just blew my expectations out of the water. And just Ace Attorney really cemented itself after a few years off as my favorite series. And to see Kevin really enjoy these two, to see Zach fall in love with this, the five games he's finished <laughs> so far, it's just really cool that at least on this show, Ace Attorney was back this year in a big way. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about it. And it's such a great package too, that the Chronicles. Of course, it's got the two games in there. But all of the extras, you have little side stories where there's certain dialogues that happen in between cases or during cases in the first game that they just kind of threw in as a little bonus. So I've been playing through those, and it's been fun to have some more time with some of these characters. There are some moving pictures that uh, are not just the cutscenes, but they seem to be their own little stories that I also haven't dove into yet, but there's... Uh, stuff to watch there they have achievements that you can go after if you want to do that they have different outfits that you can put the characters in and they've got an art gallery that's not just art but each individual piece of art also has a little description from the artist talking about that design or talking about that character there is so much content in a collection that what was only 40 dollars at 40 bucks uh incredible value Mm -hmm. alongside the fact that just a couple of great games uh, all around. Although real quick, don't go in there until you finish both games because there is art and there's a couple things that you don't want to see until you've seen True. some of the twists <laughs> of the story. So just a big disclaimer, don't dive into that extras menu until you finish both games. Good but to know. When, when it's there for you, you'll have uh, yeah. more stuff to do once uh, once the credits roll on the main games. So, mm-hmm. And it totally makes sense why... Capcom felt beyond just the, that this takes place in a much more an era that's much more difficult to translate into modern day English uh, than the other Ace Attorney games. But also, I can see why they were hesitant to bring the first game over because it probably wouldn't have sold well, and they probably would have never brought the second over. So I'm really because that's what happened with Miles. They brought the first one over; it sold like crap. And they never brought the second one over, which is the far superior game. And I'm really glad that they waited like they did to release these both at once. So there was no stress about like, are we ever going to see the sequel to this game, which is the far better game. And I'm really happy that it took like six years to finally make its way over here. But now that it's here, it's it's in my top five games of all time. Very good translation, too. Never yeah, had any issues it's with awesome. It. And mm-hmm. the different accents they put on these characters from so long ago, depending on where they're from. Uh, sometimes yeah. I, I couldn't understand it fully, but I thought that was kind of part of the charm was <laughs> yeah. that I'm like, I don't know if I understand what you're saying exactly. But that makes it kind of fun when they're from Scotland or something like that, where it's just like, mm-hmm. what what are you talking about? And that they were able to convey that with just the text. I thought they did a great job on the translation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We have reached... The main event, the ODs game of the year. Before we get into the actual game of the year, we got four other categories. We've got best soundtrack, best art direction, best indie, and best multiplayer. We're going to start it off with the best soundtrack. Drum roll, please. What do we got? Life is Strange, True Colors. Woo! Hey. Zach, you want to talk about True Colors for best soundtrack? Yes, I do. 
True Colors is the newest entry into the Life is Strange franchise, um, made by Deck Nine. This is their first full entry into the series. Um, Life is Strange is very known for having an indie vibe with lots of different indie artists and songs just strewn throughout the game at moments of reflection and stuff like that. Um, and True Colors holds true to that. But not only that, the main theme and all of the little, like, walking around, just little tunes, they're all really atmospheric, and I think it all fits very well because this game does rely very heavily on vibe, really, because yeah. there's even a uh, a character who works at a DJ booth, even got her own DLC, and this DLC is also really heavily musically influenced. Music plays a huge part in this game. Um I think it pulled it off really well, and it's just good to see it get some recognition, even if it wasn't in our top games of the year. Yeah, this would have been in my top ten for sure. Really enjoyed True Colors, and yeah, the the angsty teenager vibe that the Life is Strange series consistently goes for and nails pretty well is largely in part accomplished because of its music, and True Colors is is just the next entry in that. And music's always a big focus, too. Like you said, there's a record store here, and Alex, the main character, plays guitar. Um, so that's that's a big part of it, too. And, yeah, there's even points in the game where you just sit down and, like, there are little, like, reflection moments, and it just shows what's happening out in nature, shows your character, like, sitting on some bench, and there's just some nice indie tune playing in the background. So, yeah, it's, it's a really nice soundtrack and also a really good game that we wanted to make sure to fit in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Life is Strange, True Colors, best soundtrack, receiving that Odie. All right, next up we've got best art direction for the Odie. It goes to Forza Horizon 5. It comes back again Yep. from the two people that played it. Why does it win best art direction? Well, art direction is a really hard category to pin down. It's very open in terms of interpretation, but I think that Either way you look at it, Forza Horizon probably hits it very well. Uh, Forza Horizon is one of the most gorgeous games Logan and I have ever played. It And like we said, sometimes we just go in there and drive around just to look around at stuff. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Logan, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, to me, the most next-gen looking game so far. And I'm not even playing on the most powerful version of it on Series X since we're playing on Series S, but it just looks stunning and we were talking about this before the show. It's just a game you can just drive around for like a half hour, not doing anything meaningful because it's just such a beautiful world. And just the way it's designed also just shows off its its visuals brilliantly. Just this giant volcano looming in the distance that just looks so cool no matter what angle of the map you're at. And the cars, the, just the reflections on the cars look amazing. It's just, it's just a gorgeous game. The only thing that doesn't look great as the people the people look a little jank sometimes but you barely ever see them so the cars the world it's so much fun to drive through and when you get going up upwards of 200 miles an hour in a sports car just ripping through these streets 60 frames a second it just it looks amazing all right congratulations to forza horizon 5 wins the Odie for best art direction moving on we've got best indie the award goes to all right, Imposter Factory. I really wanted to play Ooh. this game. It came out pretty recently. I just didn't have the time to, to sit September. down and play Kevin, it. So, you had, uh, 
had so much time. I was trying to finish Great Ace Attorney by the end of this. So That's Zach, true. That game why does Imposter Factory win a best indie game of the year for us? Yes. Not to detract anything from Imposter Factory, but we did not collectively play a lot of indie games this year. So we didn't really have a lot to choose from. <laughs> Um, but that being said, I did play Imposter Factory, the third mainline game in the To the Moon franchise, created mostly by one guy, Khan Gao. Um, he's a great storyteller. I love the way he portrays his characters in these games. Um, this one, in, in a year of time loops, this game's also a time loop game, so it fits right in. I think it, it's it really... A game that's been in development for so long, it really came out at a good time, right in the midst of this time loop craze, which I really enjoyed. Uh, it shifts focus to some brand new characters, um, still retains a lot of the humor, but also that emotional core that these games always have. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's better than Finding Paradise. I don't think I like it as much as To the Moon, but I think it it's upward trending, and I, I really enjoyed playing it, and it's... Uh, one sitting game it only takes a few hours to play and it's just a nice little story to continue the greater ideas that this franchise has going on so i i'm glad to give it our 2021 indie game of the year all right congratulations to imposter factory for the indie i guess od i guess uh stardew valley 2.0 almost could have counted for this category yeah played a lot of <laughs> talk about stardew valley yeah. too much need to <laughs> I need to talk about some other games for a little while, I think. And there, there's some indies I want to get to from this year for sure that maybe could come up on the favorite games next yeah. year that didn't come out. Like I, I'm going to play Kana Bridge of, of Spirits for sure is Kana. I just bought it on sale and Chicory I'm going to play. So there's the indies this year did not go unnoticed by us. There's just too much to do all the time <laughs> right now. All right, we've got one more award before we get into our game of the year. And this one is the multiplayer Odie. The award goes to Halo Infinite. It's back Ooh. again with its multiplayer. Logan, you have been playing the multiplayer of Halo Infinite a ton over the past month or so. Yeah. Why does it win best multiplayer Odie? Because the only problems people really have with it, aside from the playlists, which they're working to fix is cosmetic progression. And at the end of the day, that means nothing to me, especially yep. in a first-person yeah. game where you barely ever look at your Spartan. It's about the look and feel. And 343 nailed it this time. It just brings me back to the days playing some of the old ones online. And what I love about Halo, Halo multiplayer, opposed to something I like, like Call of Duty, is that no matter how much you've played, how good you are, you just start with the same stuff every time. You start with the assault rifle and the pistol. It's an even playing ground. You got to go find weapons and equipment yourself. And I just think that makes it so welcoming. It's so easy to just be like, oh, I haven't played for a couple weeks. That's fine. I'll just hop back in. And I'm not behind. I may be behind in skill level, but that's something to brush off after a few games. And just playing the, the team modes is super fun. I'm super glad they split up Slayer now so you can just play that if you want and don't have to do stuff like Oddball and other things like that. But it's just a return to form. We've talked about it the last month and a half that this multiplayer is the best Halo has felt since Reach. And I think for that, it deserves best multiplayer because it also had a lot to prove that in a post-Fortnite world with all these Battle Royales and other, other games that Halo could evolve and be this free-to-play service that people keep coming back to. And I think in its first couple months, there's been some bumps, but it's a good start. And I'm excited to see 
its first full year of content, uh, how that game continues to evolve. Zach, any thoughts on it? Yeah, um, I had no intention of playing the multiplayer. I was mainly interested in the campaigns of the Halo series. I have never played the Halo multiplayer prior to Infinite, but Logan pestered me enough to where I got into it, tried it out. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I was a lot better than I thought I would. I thought I would just go into it and get absolutely destroyed by everybody who was a god, but like Logan said, <laughs> an even playing field really turns things around. Um, so yeah, I actually had a lot of fun playing it, um, and for the most part, I like modes uh not just specific modes like slayer but yeah i liked most of the modes so even now that they're adding these playlist customizations i never really super minded the getting random games um it just kept things fresh i think so overall had a pretty good time and probably play some more in the future all right congratulations to halo infinite wins the od for best multiplayer and we have reached the final award the most important award the OD year. E O D. The one and only. The only. Yeah. The we only got the one. This is the most important yeah. one. Let's see who it goes to. The award for game of the year goes to the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, specifically Ooh! the second game, Resolve. But yes. the, the 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 collection as a whole, I think, is deserving of it, especially because neither of the games ever came out here. So. For all of uh, all the Western players, it is both of them brand new games for 2021. We were talking about it a lot before since it made both mine and Logan's top games of the year. But yeah, just a fantastic narrative-driven experience. Uh, the first game, while not as strong as the second game, sets up things that are very vital for the second game that really come full circle. Has a lot of surprises in store, a lot of extra content for you to do when the story wraps and a lovable cast of characters. Logan, I know you love this series so much. Any other thoughts on it for Game of the Year 2021? Yeah, just go play it. We've said everything we can without getting into spoiler territory, which is the most important thing about this game. But Kevin has not played the entire Ace Attorney franchise. This game was still... This game one is Game of the yeah. Year, so you don't need to play Pretty all of them. Yeah. Um, Zach is playing all of them because... Not I need to play all of them. <laughs> you don't Have need I been to. Lied to. No, I think it's I... ideal to. <laughs> I had just as good of an experience. I think <laughs> the reason the reason that Zach is going on this journey to play them all in a row is because he gets to play the best for last when he plays the Great Ace Attorney two yeah, and finish on the highest on note. Sixth mainline game, or do want to do I want to end on? the best ace attorney game who knows exactly so yeah if you have never played this series go and play it play the original trilogy i was hoping with how good this game was it would get more traction like a yakuza zero like how that just launched that series to the moon it unfortunately didn't seem to happen which is a bummer but it's not too late for you to go and play what we think is the best game that came out this year yeah, you don't need an introduction to the rest of the series. You can you can discover this series with the Great Ace Attorney and still have a fantastic time and then go back and play uh, the other trilogy that's on Switch. And if you want to keep going, there's a bunch more games. And hopefully hopefully this game sold well enough that uh, Capcom decides to bring over more games that uh, aren't in the collections yeah. yet and make new games as well. Please, it can't die. I feel like Ace Attorney has been on life support so long. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. this is the mark of it coming back after 
years of dorm of being dormant. But I would hope was, so. Now that I'm invested so much time, <laughs> now in that Zach said it, it's all it's saved. Yeah. The world is saved. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry, guys. I got this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Game of the year. Congratulations to the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. What Ooh. an experience this year. Deserved, I assume. And that's it for us for 2021. What a year. What a year. Still feels like 2020 sometimes. Uh, yeah, it does. This year is, is falling by, but there's a lot of good games. And, of course, there's a bunch of great games that – we didn't have time for and that we weren't able to talk about in the show that I'm sure come next year we'll have some time to play and talk about and I'm sure that they'll show up on lists of some kind uh, at this time next year but for the games that we played this year it was a good year good year for games yeah and some games that we did play that um, Zach and I's lists were longer than the new games <laughs> Kevin played this year so some things we didn't get to talk about like we really enjoyed No More Heroes 3, as janky as it was. WarioWare came back this year and was really, really great. Uh, so, yeah, overall, I think this was a solid year. It didn't quite have that that huge thing that I feel like everyone talked about. Um, like like some years have had, I think, of like the last year, Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, God, or Spider-Man God of War, Zelda, Mario Odyssey. It didn't have a lot of that, but... I think this year had a lot of cool series come back that it hadn't been around for a while and some new IP like Deathloop or like Returnal that people seem to really enjoy. So solid year, especially as developers continue to work uh, under these pandemic conditions. So I was, I was really happy with it overall. Zach, any final thoughts from 2021 in games? I played a lot of games this year. I think I played the most games this year that I've played any year in my entire life. So might be burnt out next year. I might what is play your final tally? Games next year. Uh, well, can't foresee myself beating any other games this year. I think that my final number ended up counting Halo Two twice. <laughs> but you yeah, played it twice. I counted twice. Played. Well, I played it once on Legendary, which was like a whole thing. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other beast. Forty-five. Forty-five games. Five shy of Logan's big fifty year last year. Yeah, there were so many times this year where Zach just rolls into the show and is like, yeah, I, you know, I beat like four games this year. This week, <laughs> started, this week and started two more. And it's like, what happened? What, what is going on over here? There was definitely like one, one week where month. I beat four Halos and like one Ace Attorney and then like one other game. <laughs> it <was> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you guys real quick. What do you think we'll be sitting here holding up this trophy for next year for Game of the Year? Ooh, for all three of us. That's a... That's a hard one to gauge. Yeah, for me, I, for I my personal so. uh, game of the year, I want it to be Saints Row. I'm not going to say that it is because they got a lot to prove that the series has been uh, MIA for the last like eight years. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be good or not, but I would be really happy sitting here and saying that Saints Row is my favorite game of 2022. But I don't know. How about you, Zach? The Wild 2? Mm. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's <laughs> it mine. Better came out. Better come out next year. For a lot of reasons, I hope it's oh. mine. I hope that they add dungeons and bring back some of that classic Zelda stuff that was missing. And I just hope it hits next year. <laughs> that's that's really all there is to it. The if it thing. hits next year, I imagine it will be mine. If oh, sports story. Sports story. Hits next they year, came back. They did. <laughs> Twitter they is did alive. Come back. 
They tweeted, happy holidays, work is ongoing. So, like a Christmas screenshot. We could be years away. He knew the game didn't stall out and die. I mean, of course, they're still working on it. Yeah, Sports Story, I hope, is on my list somewhere. So Um, that could be our game of the year collectively if it comes out. Because we'll all play it right away. Yep. (laughs) And that'll probably be really good. I hope it is. I've been waiting for that game. Like, it is... It is entering like legend status of just like how long we've talked about it and how long we're waiting yep. for it and all the delays. I hope it comes out next year. It'll be on yeah. my list for sure. Sonic Frontiers, I hope, oh, comes out next year. God. And I hope is okay, at least. <laughs> if it if it comes out next year, uh, I don't think it's going to be very good. Yeah. It, it probably needs more time. Probably. Going off of past Sonic games. But who knows? Maybe they could just mm-hmm. pull something out and it's actually good. And we're playing Shadow of the mm-hmm. Colossus 2. Amy's dead. Amy's dead. <laughs> Amy's dead. <laughs> All right. That's going to be it for 2021. Next time we're all sitting here talking, it will be 2022. Got a lot in store for 2022. A year of rumors. My God. It's going to be an experience talking about A year Sonic. of rumors. <laughs> talking about Sonic Frontiers. Of course, talking about games that came out this year that we're finally getting a chance to play. And, of course, all the other new games that will come out in 2022. But that's going to be it for this year. We're here on Thursdays or Fridays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other podcast streaming services that you may use. Odegames.com has the audio version. If you want to see the award being given out and the special guest that... Uh, made some time to, to show up as live audience for tonight's <laughs> show. You can catch to the, win runner up for to biggest win. disappointment. It didn't win the biggest disappointment, so no. there's that. Uh, you can check out the video version of the podcast that goes up every week on YouTube. We're on Twitter at Ode to Games. You can send an email with your list of the top five games. Both uh, you can send it to us on Twitter or to our email Ode to Gamescast at gmail.com. For Logan and Zach, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of the year and have a nice new year and we'll see you in 2022.